Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. And we're excellent. Hope you are, too. What an adventure it's been. We got back and I got sick. So that's going great. Anything else to report on? I mean, I think you got sick from Henry. We're a headphone down. So I can't hear Dory other than her real voice, which, you know, is a dulcet, beautiful tone you Mm -hmm. all should be a part of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You just got to get in the room. You know, the acoustics on a Dory Shafrier voice. Sure. That's why that uh, audiobook sound like hotcakes, you know? Yeah. Like, I got to get a piece of that. Mm Mm-hmm. In my ear holes. Yeah. As soon as I can. Yeah, people should get that. And you I can also. How many hours could I possibly have of Dory? Well, more than you think, but less than you think. About eight and a half. It's more than I thought, but less than I thought. <laughs> Listen, I've been getting great feedback on the audiobook. Who's to say you weren't? So, nobody. All right. I was just saying. Um, I also just want to remind people that you can still get a signed and personalized copy of my book. 
How would I do that? Would I head to somewhere like, I don't know, Book Soup's website? Yeah, I, I don't think it's like a public link. I will post it in the show notes. They made a special link for the personalized copies. Well, that's pretty unique and special. Yeah, I'm pretty unique and special. So I will put that in the show notes. And, you know, since this is the uh, book portion of the podcast, I just want to read a couple emails if you don't mind. I mean, we should get a jingle going for this. Go what ahead. portion of the... Well, I can't have oh. people going for this. Okay. All right. Well, this is from Sue. She's a longtime listener, third-time emailer. I read Thanks for Waiting in 16 hours. That's how engaging it is. I've had a similar life experience. <laughs> that's, that's twice as long as it took you to read it out loud. I'm just saying. That's true. Dory's better at reading quickly than you. Wow. You were rude. What? I'm just letting the audience know where it's at. I became a lawyer at almost 30, essentially interned in a law firm at 33, started my own law firm at 39, got engaged three weeks later, and married six days before turning 40. Then I had babies at almost 42 and almost 44. I do like being an older mom because I have a strong sense of myself, what is important to me, and how I want to spend my time and energy. I learned this from having many different jobs, living in many different cities, and essentially living many different lives. I had to get a lot out of my system before being ready to settle down in my career and my life. The only regret I have about my timing is that my parents are aging and I wish my, I had my kids younger so that my parents could enjoy them for longer. It's basically a regret about the passage of time and mortality. Also, I wish I'd saved more money for a house. We are outgrowing our urban condo. Sue, still in 1,172 square feet, two adults, one three-year-old, one one-year-old, no pets, three hot dogs in the past year. Thanks for writing such a wonderful book. I feel you, Sue. Sounds very simpatico with the Dory Shafir empire. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a similar, sounds like we've had a very similar life experience. Do you think that she married someone that gaslights her as well? I don't know. I hope she didn't. Guys, if you can't laugh at yourself, then then what can you do? Cry. At yourself? Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I I feel I feel the same feelings about, you know, aging parents and kids. I feel that for myself too. You know, Interesting. I, I won't I won't be able to hang out with Henry as long as I would have if I'd had him like 10 years younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you don't know that. There could be some um, global catastrophe, apocalyptic climate change thing, and we all go out at the same time. The whole planet. Yeah, but he would have been 10 years older at least. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Time is a fickle beast. It is. All right. This is from Veronica. I finished Thanks for Waiting today. It is certainly a comforting, wonderful book. And since I listened to the audiobook, I enjoyed hearing your voice too. It was like extra podcast time. But I must know, you know how some memoirs have photos in the middle, often photos that are referred to throughout the book? Does yours? I need to know if I missed out getting the audiobook instead of the hard copy. Planning on buying it for a friend and I'll borrow hers before I give it to her. If so, well done on another great book. Best Veronica. So Veronica, there are no photos in the book. However, my publisher and I put together this like fun little book 
group guide kind of thing. And there's some photos in there that um, you can enjoy. I'm Dory to... has a shocking amount of photos from her entire life. You have a shockingly small number of photos. I don't have any. Yeah. Like, I don't even, it's like, like crazy. if you wanted to find a picture of me from when, like, seventh grade or something, I, I couldn't tell you how to do that. I don't know. Yeah, that's wild to me. Um, My 20s. I mean, but the birth of, uh, of the uh, smartphone certainly helped. Sure. Um, I had a digital camera briefly in college. I had a digital camera for a while, too. But other than that, really nothing. There's nothing out there. I have no video of me. We never had a video camera. You know, uh, and um, yeah, there was a tape of me from when I was like two years old, and then my dad like taped over it. Well, what was he trying to get a hold? Was he taping? Who knows? Was he just taping the um the the CNBC business ticker? It was a cassette tape. Ah, I see. So he probably just taped like Vivaldi. I mean, and you know, this was probably like 1994. So like. What the hell was he taping? You know what I mean? Well, I mean... And, like, why did he use an old tape? And why didn't he listen to the tape before he taped over it? Maybe he did. And he was like... Maybe he's like, well, we don't need this. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that would be classic him. I have some tape. I don't have any tapes anymore, but I had... I had a variety of audio cassette tapes that I made myself of radio shows I would do. Don't know where they are. They're probably long gone. Maybe in a dumpster somewhere. I have a shoebox of tapes that my friend John made for me in high school that he did a radio show like for me. Like he DJed a mixtape. And what does he do now? He became a Hare Krishna. Oh, John. And he teaches high school at a Hare Krishna school in Florida. Oh, well, I mean... You think he teaches any sort of uh, audio medium? I think he teaches science. <coughs> Forgive my cough, everyone. Um, yeah, he was always really into like Grateful Dead and stuff. Uh, you know, I never got there. Never got into it. I sometimes find it dull. Hmm. It's very interesting because it seems like it would be in my wheelhouse. Yeah, it does. But I'm like, pass. I like the dead. <coughs> I mean, I'm no deadhead, but I like the Grateful Dead. Um, all right, Veronica, I'm going to try and figure out how I can link to this book club guide thing. I'll get back to you on that. Oh, and Veronica is in 1,500 square feet with a husband, toddler, turtle, and dog. Oh. No hot dogs for me since I'm vegetarian, but maybe 6 to 12 so far for the rest of the household. That includes the turtle? Unclear. I assume it does. Um, yeah, so it's been nice to get these, like, these messages from people about the book. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I think, it's, I think, it, I think it'll have legs. I think it'll go for a while. You know, then when the paperback happens, maybe then you could do like a couple in-person signings or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Why you seem so down? Um, 
I feel like there's a like a disconnect between the way that people have responded to the book and the way like like the reception by the media. Well, yeah, but that we discussed this, I mean, maybe not on the show, but like they never, you know, there was no run up. I know. So that's like, you know, that's disappointing to me. But there will be a paperback run up. Theoretically, but yeah. like probably not. But like it's a book that like wasn't really covered because the galleys weren't out in time. So I feel like then it would have a better chance of getting some press on the paperback release. Maybe. I mean, I feel like people don't really cover paperback releases that much. Yeah, but it happens. Sure. You know, I'm going to hold out hope that it happens for your uh, book. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think it's just one of these things that'll have legs and you just, I think you just keep plugging along. I think your little, your, your, your little, no, Random House team, not Little Brown, that was the last book. Mm -hmm. I think your Random House team should just, should just do like a slow burn of press on it. Like still book you for things. I haven't heard from my publicist in like two weeks. Okay. Well, so. I think you should, uh, if you're out there and you want Dory booked on something, let us know. Email the show. Yeah, let us know. We will be the publicists for Dory. <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. Um, should we mention Henry's um, newfound love of colors? Well, I mean, Henry's a newfound love of everything. Uh, except Dita. He likes to kick Dita out of everything right now. I think... I think, again, I think it's whoever gets him in the morning. He imprints on that person. <laughs> then, you know, remember that episode of Super Wings with the dinosaurs? Yes. Yeah, you know, it's like the yep. egg. They open up the egg and the dinosaur sees the jet and the mm -hmm. Donnie. Have you noticed, have you noticed a difference on the days that you get yes. him? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So do you want it? But you can't get him in the morning most days because you're golfing. Uh, not most days. Half the days. Less than half the days. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. More than half the days. Tuesday, I get him. You know, Saturday, Sunday, I'm happy to get him. I got him today. You did because I was sick. Mm-hmm. So because he got me sick and now he's fine and I'm sick. So whatever, Henry. But yeah, he's uh, into colors. He's into blue, which would be blue. He's into purple. Purple and green. Pink. Green. And pink and orange. Yeah. <laughs> orange. <laughs> That's how he talks. For now. Yellow. He's very, uh, you know, he's a parrot at this point. He's not yeah. fully, you know, his language center is sort of in, a, in an echo chamber right now. It has yet to fully apply what he's learned <laughs> to conversation or what he may or may not need. Yeah. Uh, although Derek claims he said all done today instead of making his traditional hand signal of uh, bye bye. <laughs> Yeah, he did say all done. So that's good. Uh, otherwise, I mean, look, it's it's um, 
it's interesting, you know, watching him. We should talk about how our, our journey home. The plane was delayed out of Boston for an hour, at least, right? Maybe 90 minutes. No, it was it was less than an hour. Okay. So let's it was like 45 say minutes. 45 minutes. Then we landed, and then we had to wait on the tarmac because there was no gate for the plane. And that lasted about 30 minutes. No, that was like 15 minutes. felt like minutes. 30 minutes. No, it was more than that. Okay, maybe it was 20 minutes. Okay, so we're waiting in the, you know. Then we get to the gate. But that was when Henry fell asleep. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> he didn't sleep the whole flight, but he fell asleep And then waiting. we got to the gate, and then we got in our car, the car service we, that picked us up, and, and then uh, that car decided to break down. <laughs> it was crazy. So uh, we had to pull over once and you know he started to restart the car seemed to be okay and then we were just merging onto the highway and then it started futzing again so we had to pull over again for oh, like for a good five and a half minutes um all the while just really hoping to get home from the trip where the travel was cursed the travel was truly cursed. But that's, yeah, that's an update for you. Was the trip home any better? No. I mean, it was a yes, little better. Yes, obviously it a was. lot better than a five-hour, like if they had like yes. diverted us to San Francisco or something and then we're like, although for some reason if it was like San Francisco, I'd be like, okay, get the bags. I'm driving. Like that's what I would do if it was San Francisco. For some reason, D.C. to New York, I was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, otherwise, uh, yeah, he seemed to have a good time at the Boston Children's Museum. He did. He enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. He really is like in full. I'm gonna throw a fit and scream no in a way that like is a little over the top. It lasts like I'd be like, okay, cut. Let's do a little smaller, Henry. You're you're a little over the top here on the no. Because he's really like, you know. It's like we're taking him to some sort of uh, death camp instead of uh, not outside. He says, no, 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 no. Yeah. (laughs) But he usually calms down pretty quickly. He does, but when he doesn't calm down, it's very loud, very panicky, and I feel very bad for him. Because uh, he's obviously got so many emotions tied into it in that moment. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's manageable. All right. Well, differing opinions from yep. differing parents. Yep. Tune in next week for more differing parents, but in the meantime... If you want to write into the show, Dory Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at gmail.com. You can also call us 413-461-BABY. 413, as we now know, is a Massachusetts area code. And uh, that's it. We'll be right back. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? 
Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right, we're back, and, and now's the part of the show where we hear from you, the listener who hasn't read Dory's book. Or maybe you have, but you weren't in the book section. We'll find out. All right, this first email is from Ruben. Hey guys, just had to share. When you were responding to the email asking you to reflect on nasty feedback, I instantly thought of that realtor email even before you brought it up. <laughs> LOL. How sad is that when a nasty email still triggers a third party? Was it her pompacity or are your fans just protective of you? Maybe both. Ruben in Brighton. Uh, I don't know. I think it was just, it was really special. It was especially timed. <laughs> Uh, email and a, I don't know. (laughs) Also to let go, I would think that that person gets how the show works where it's like, well, let's, we got to fill the time and talk about everything. So obviously let's talk about everything. I'm sorry that, you know. We changed rooms. I think that was her real trigger. That was a definite trigger. That for was her. like the fact that we changed rooms was like no bueno. 
for her. Yeah, uh, she, she, I don't know. She had a lot of issues. Um, so yes, I think it is both, Ruben. All right, this is from Anonymous. Hi, Dorian Matt. Just wanted to write a quick note to say that I enjoyed the sad song portion of the podcast this week, especially when you shared about Henry singing happy to the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I have a 21-month-old, and there are tough slash frustrating moments about being a parent. I'm really feeling the reduced personal autonomy lately, but it's those types of things that are the joy of having a child in your life. Looking forward to hearing more from Henry as time goes by. Also, a week or two ago, my daughter started saying Biku, and it made me think of Henry. She uses it for blanket, but sounds like it might just be Henry's all-purpose word with multiple meanings. You had talked a while back about the possibility of starting Henry with potty training slash toilet learning, whatever you want to call it, around age two. Curious to hear if you've taken more steps in that direction besides reading the book with him and how it's been going. Your travel experience to the East Coast truly sounds like a nightmare. Slipping and falling in your own child's vomit. Glad to hear you and Henry came out the other side. Mostly unscathed. Dory, hope the knee is feeling better. Thanks for the pod. Anonymous in 2,900 square feet in Littleton, Colorado. Maybe three to four hot dogs in 2021. P.S. Very exciting to hear Dory on Death, Sex, and Money this week. I love that podcast so, so much. Oh, yeah. I was on Death, Sex, and Money. Promoting the book. And if you'd like to hear more, Dory, you can head over to that podcast. But it's mostly talking about infertility. So... I Seems feel like, like it's right up everyone's alley. It's here. right up, right up everyone's alley here on this show. <laughs> so, um, we have not like aggressively started potty training. We have, I will say something he did today. That was very interesting. What? Uh, might've been yesterday. Um, they have green shorts and a red shirt on today, or is that yesterday? yesterday? Okay, so we're like in the kitchen, he and I, mm-hmm. and it was when he was looking for you. It was sort of like when you were like, when he, I was like, is she in the bathroom? And he was like, no. Oh, was yeah, because like, yeah. I was in the playroom. Yeah, uh, but he grabbed his, like, he was like, walking and like doing this Henry Pace you know frantic running but then he like stopped and grabbed his diaper Mm -hmm. and he like tried to back away and I was like oh I was like but are you peeing right now it's okay just pee and then we'll take care of it and he looked at me he's like Yeah, I mean, we had kind of put it on hold because it seemed silly to start before we went away. Um, But now that we're back, I don't know. I feel like we could maybe. There was a lot of things we were going to do and then we were going away. So we didn't do them. Yeah. But I can't remember what they were. Well, one of them was was like thinking about potty training. Another one was getting Bo and our nanny to get, get along. Yes, that was another one. Um, which obviously we have not done. No, we have just got back. Right. Um, we have one of those things that lets like it. It's like a seat with like a little step that you atta- You kind of like put on top of your toilet, and he likes to like climb up on that and pee in the toilet. Um, but he doesn't do it all the time. But he is he is interested in it. And I feel like now that he's like interested in it and we're home, we could probably give it more of a shot. Maybe that's what I'll do tomorrow. Toilet Potty training? Potty train him. Just, uh, just use the day. Okay. 
Do you know how to do it? No. <laughs> cool. Not even a little. Okay. Can I just guess? No. Oh, you can well. really fuck it up like, well. and fuck him up. So don't just I guess. think so far I've been really good with him. Yeah, I'm just saying like, potty you know. training is like a special thing where like if you do it wrong, they can really like backtrack. Okay. And then you've like missed your chance. All right, I won't do it then. Jeez. I'm not saying not to do it. I'm saying just don't do it without like knowing what to do. I'm very confused by what the uh, what you think, you know, human beings have been using toilets for hundreds of years. Oh, God. Hundreds. You know, probably uh-huh. uh, going back to Roman times, yep. probably looking at like, okay, I'm just, all right, you're not going to have this conversation with me. It's very strange, but enjoy the podcast. Well, it's just everyone. like, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to like, I, I am the voice of some people, right? You're the okay. voice of everybody else. Yeah. This is how the podcast works. It's mm-hmm. a given, it's a take and, mm-hmm. you know, so I go hypothetical, like, Okay, devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. What's the right way or the wrong way mm-hmm. to potty train someone? Like mm-hmm. people have been using toilets for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend that this middle section of this never happened, and we'll go back to the beginning and pretend we're doing a podcast together. Uh, but like, I feel like people have been using toilets forever. Mm-hmm. And like, how badly could we all mess this up? I guess you're right. I guess I guess you should just try it, and we'll okay, find out. This is a real. This is a, if anyone would like to audition to be the next co-host of Excellent Adventure, you can be either taking over for me or Dory, or both um, of us. Let me know in the comments below and smash that like button, please. I'm ready to resign. I don't understand what is happening right now. What is up with you? What do you mean? You're being very. I don't know. Your attitude right now towards me and the show is very interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. Can we move on? I don't know. You tell me. Okay. I'm going to move on to this email from Ron. Okay. From Karen Crow, Louisiana. Wait, Ron? Yep. The oh, Ron. Ron from, I thought you said Ron and then, and then you decided to read an email from Karen. No, he's from Karen Crow, Louisiana. Um, all right. First, the listener who is debating having a second kid because she and her husband are older and is worried about a lot of things. I agree that she seems to be putting the cart before the horse, but I do have some things to maybe help her put her mind at ease. First, the whole we might die thing because of age, I personally think is one of the last things she should ever consider. My dad was nine months old and his brother wasn't born yet when his father died of cancer in 1945 and my grandmother never remarried. She actually had three other kids with a married man and raised them on her own. While it would be tragic at the time, my father and his brother went on to be wonderful men. Also, look at it this way. Mathematically, if she's 37, had a baby now, the kid would graduate when she's 55, the same age as her husband now, and he made it that far, no problem. So she, in theory, should as well. He would be the same age as my father was when he passed away, but my dad had several health issues, so assuming he's in good health, he should be fine as well. In regards to the issue of what to do with the leftover embryos, while we have no experience with this case, we did have an awkward discussion recently when my wife went in for her first prenatal at nine weeks and they found no heartbeat and the fetus had stopped growing at seven weeks and two days. They did a DNC and we were waiting for genetic testing to see if there was anything wrong there, but they asked if we wanted the remains returned or donated for research or destroyed. We opted for donation 
as we feel that if anyone can benefit from this sad situation, whether it's from research or someone using it for practice as a pathology major, then that was the better option. As for the worry of the kid being an only child, my experience is that kids only know what they know. As they grow, they make friends and have other family that can act as siblings. So I don't see that as a concern for anyone. Next to the couple traveling and wanting to get advice on whether to check the car seat. They mentioned getting a lightly used one from Facebook marketplace or the like, and I have to say, please don't. Car seats are something that actually have an expiration date. I believe it's five years from manufacturing due to the plastics that can break down and become brittle or straps that can stiffen and become brittle. And Louisiana is actually illegal to sell a used car seat or carrier in a consignment store for this reason. As you guys suggested, get one online from a reputable retailer and have it shipped to the family member that would have gone and gotten the used one. Lastly, Matt, how dare you? Casey's Corner is an anytime restaurant. How can you beat hot dogs, chili cheese fries, or corn dog nuggets for lunch, dinner, or even a late breakfast? This is the most frequently suggested dinner spot when I ask my wife what she wants for dinner. And the Land Pavilion in Epcot used to have the best breakfast options as it had something for everyone. So case closed there. LOL. Hope all is well over the Shafira household and that your return trip is slash was stress-free. Uh. Ron Wade the second. 2,250 square feet, five bedrooms, three bathrooms, two adults, eight kids, one almost an adult, one dog, two cats, three hot dogs personally, and lost count on the rest of the family. Well, I mean, look, Casey Corner, I think, is really just a, it's a, for me, it's a catch-all sort of like in-between meal situation. It's where you go if you want like a pretzel that's filled with cream cheese, which I do like. Um, I like that, too. You know, the hot dogs there are okay. They're beef, not my favorite. But, uh, yeah, in the land pavilion, sure. But guess what? It's not there. The land is gone. What? It's been replaced. Oh, no. By something, Guardians of the Galaxy or something. I don't even know. Wow. I haven't been in a while. Wow. Okay. I haven't been to Epcot in a while, everybody. Hoping to go in 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 the fall. See you there. Um. Well. Also, Ron, I'm sorry that you guys lost your um fetus. Sad. Uh, extremely. So sorry to hear that. Um. And we were thinking of you and your wife, and thank you for all of this excellent information. Also, what a weirdly. F- like i don't know as far as like laws on the books in louisiana i feel like the car seat one is weirdly very forward thinking i think that's the case in most states that you can't sell a used one yeah okay Um, sorry louisiana i was giving you more credit than you were due all right this next email is from molly hi just wanted to pass along a great resource for all things car seats but michelle has awesome tips for flying with car seats her instagram is at safe in the seat and she has tons of free resources in addition to paid courses molly Wait, this is just a person that has a car seat brand like it's a brand of, of social media that is just devoted to car seats yeah whoa um, Molly is in 2,200 square feet in Metro West, Massachusetts. One husband, one cat, one soon-to-be science baby. What is Metro West? Just west of Worcester? No. Metro West is like Framingham. Oh. Okay. Natick. So between your Worcesters and yes, your Bostons. exactly. Gotcha. 
Zero hot dogs for me, probably 30 for my husband. How? The man likes hot dogs. <laughs> She's like, my husband is Joey Chestnut. Wow. That would be... You know Joey Chestnut. I do know Joey Chestnut. Yep. Um, all right, we have a voicemail. Huh. Okay, we'll have to figure that out. When we come back, we'll be right back. And we're back. Hello. Doshi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, are, we are hooked up for voicemails. Okay, here we go. Hey, y'all. Just wanted to call on the subject of traveling with car seats. I personally always traveled with our car seat in one of those car seat backpacks, which is quite heavy, and you look like a giant turtle going through the airport. But it's the only way to guarantee your kid is secure in the seat on the plane. And plus, it was always comforting for our son to have his own seat whenever we were on the plane or in rental cars. And it guaranteed that we always had the right seat with us. Uh, I've never had any luck just getting rid of used car seats. And so what I've always ended up doing is packing and shipping our car seat to my friend Perry down in a, back down in Texas for him to use with his kids who are younger than us. So it was really expensive, but I just can't personally bring myself to just throwing something like that in the dumpster, even if no one else will take it. And it's just too much waste driving me nuts. So anyways, uh, let's see. Up here in Colorado, too many hot dogs to count because <laughs> I got a 13-year-old now, but that's, that's one of his favorite food. And now three dogs. So God forbid you have anybody sleep in this house without a dog in their room. All right, later. <laughs> Smoking like a true dad. Um, I also just want to mention that Target, at least once a year, maybe twice a year, has a car seat like trade-in thing where you can bring in your old car seats and they give you a 20% off coupon for any other baby stuff. So you can always just wait for the Target trade-in event. What do they call... What do they categorize as baby stuff? Thank you. They have a whole. I, don't, I forget exactly what it is, but they have a whole. They have like a list. This of, won't be like that time you went in for fifty percent off holiday decorations, and none of the Hanukkah stuff was available. That was just racist. Well, I'm just saying. I don't want that situation to happen where you're like, "Well, my baby does need an eighty inch flat screen TV," and they're like, "No, he doesn't." Mm. Good point. Thank you. Um. Thank you for for that car seat info. I think Henry would be better in his own seat. I agree. That was um, good learning. But the amount of stuff we were it was traveling so much through stuff. the thing with was absurd. I don't know that we figured it out either. Certainly, yes, we could do without Matt's PlayStation. That would be one thing we could lose. That was in a roller carry-on bag. Um. And I think really the only thing I ever need on an airplane is the iPad and the headphones. So I could probably shove that in something of Henry's. Yeah, I could, and I can consolidate Henry's stuff. We had the we had the backpack for his old stroller, right? His old uh, car seat, didn't we? We or had. We of... checked it. Yes. Okay. Huh. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we're not, we're not we're not sure yet how this works. We're figuring it out, everybody. We are. We are. All right, here is 
another voicemail on a different topic. Well, slightly different topic. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Jenna from North Carolina. I paused the pod to call in because I have two signals to answer. The first one is about um, donating slash destroying uh, embryos. And just wanted to let the caller know that our children were conceived. We had uh, using a donor egg. And at our clinic, um, you cannot donate an embryo. We would we would have happily donated our embryos to another couple um, who was suffering from infertility. We actually have very close friends who have a son from a donated embryo, and we are very supportive of that as an idea. However, at our clinic, you um, are not able to donate an embryo when you were they were conceived using a donor egg because that donor agreed to donate her eggs to you um, and not to a an additional family. So after we had our first two um, science babies, we were both always sold on only having two. And honestly, my husband really only wanted one. Um, and so we after we had our second, we we knew we were, were complete. And so unfortunately, we did have to call and ask for our embryo to be destroyed. Um, I think for us, it's very matter of fact um, to us. You know, again, this is my own personal um, experience, my own personal beliefs and thoughts um, is that that embryo, um, you know, it's just two, you know, a, a couple of cells put together. Um, nature often puts together cells and, and they don't make it. Um, it's part of nature. I think both my husband and I are very science oriented people and, it was kind of just a matter of fact. I know that, that that's so, so personal um, to so many different people. Um, but again, given our two choices, you know, our, having children is so, so difficult. And having two children is like three times the amount of work as having one. And so there was no way that three children were, were even an option or an interest. And like the caller, um, I was 43 when we had our second and my husband was um, was 48. And so, you know, being older parents, um, it just it was just not an option for us to have three children. And so I just wanted to call in and, and let her know of our experience. Um, and then the other thing is that our daughter um, she also has what I what I quote, what I say sort of air quotes sensory issues and also only eats crunchies. Um, so there was another caller and that's why I paused the pod to call in um, who is starting some feeding therapy. I think she said with her um, toddler, maybe around 20, 20 to 25 months. I, I can't remember exactly, but my daughter is um, she'll be four in September. And unfortunately, I really don't have any success stories. Um, I all I can say to the caller or to the emailer is um, is just use all of the um, tools that you have available. So reach out to 
Um, we are doing some testing, some outside the medical, um, traditional medical field. We're doing some testing for dairy allergies, gluten allergies. Um, eliminating dairy was huge for her. Um, her appetite increased immensely, but she still only eats the same food. Um, she goes through cycles where she'll eat pizza, but then she'll stop eating pizza. She'll eat mac and cheese and she'll stop that. Um, it, it's so, so frustrating. And so although I don't have any great um, success stories to share with the emailer, I just wanted her to know she's not alone because it, it is very lonely and it is very upsetting for your child not to eat anything that is healthy for them or, you know, just... I just talk about how I love food and I want to share the love of food with my daughter and how so stressful it is. And to just worry about her getting enough calories and getting the right kinds of vitamins and minerals. Um, so I'm sorry I don't have more to say, um, but I did want to just pause the pod and call in to answer those two signals. Again, Jenna, North Carolina, 2,600 square feet with um, two science babies, an old cat and a husband. And I have probably had about eight um, hot dogs that are turkey, pork, and um, chicken mixed with cheese in the middle. My um, toddler loves them, although, of course, my daughter won't touch them. Huh. I mean, I don't know if I can count it, but there is pork there. But then there's cheese in the middle of it. Hmm. I'll have to get back to you once I talk to the rest of the hot dog authority. Who's who remembers of the hot dog authority? That's a secret. Can't tell you. Oh, okay. I'm not even a member. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jenna Marie, thank you for that voicemail. Um we got another email about feeding therapy from Emily who says, I have a 14-month-old son who's been in feeding therapy for about six weeks. Although our situation is different from the emailers, we have found a lot of success with therapy. My son had been gagging and throwing up in response to textures he didn't like and even some that he did like if they hit his mouth the wrong way. And then he would throw up everything he'd eaten and this was happening almost every day. We were beyond frustrated. Within a couple of therapy sessions, the throwing up has completely stopped and he's eating almost all regular food now, including foods that he previously couldn't tolerate at all. His transformation has been amazing. So in my opinion, it's worth getting evaluated to see what they say. Good luck. And I hope you get some results quickly. Emily from Iowa. Thank you, Emily. Um, all right. We had we heard a counterpoint from Laura. Counterpoint. Laura, you have the floor. Um, dear Dory and Matt, congratulations on the book, Dory. I really enjoyed reading it. That's not the counterpoint. It's not in the book uh, section. So there you go. Yep. I thought I'd share my experiences with feeding therapy with listener Megan. I'll note that my daughter's that our daughter's case is somewhat different than her son's, so her mileage may hopefully vary. The very short version of our story, our daughter was born with a congenital heart defect, so she needed a feeding tube to keep up with her caloric demands. When she was a month old, she had open heart surgery and should have come out able to eat on her own. Instead, she was one of those infants who came out of major surgery completely unwilling to feed at all. Through her infancy, she was exclusively fed with a feeding tube. Today, she's two and a half, and after two years of feeding therapy, gets about half of her calories orally. Honestly, feeding her has been a brutal slog. I don't think our experience here is unique. At a recent developmental evaluation, the pediatrician overseeing the program remarked that feeding issues are the hardest for families to deal with. 
Feeding therapy has been helpful, but progress is measured in tiny increments. She needs the full attention of an adult during meals to urge each bite and sip. I would not expect that after a month or two of therapy, your family meal times will get dramatically easier. If anything, they may get harder as your therapist prescribes various exercises to stretch your son's oral motor skills and willingness to try other foods. I don't know if Megan's son is in daycare or preschool. For us, daycare has been enormously helpful. It turns out even babies succumb to peer pressure. Our daughter has been interested in foods her peers eat, but has very little interest in what her parents or older sister eat. Her progress has stalled during times we've had her out of daycare due to high COVID rates. Also, the daycare has been helpful for my sanity as well. I'm grateful to have someone else to share the daily burden of coaxing each bite into her. We're fortunate that our daycare has been willing to accommodate the different structure and attention our daughter needs. Her issues are severe enough that I believe she would be protected under the ADA. Americans with Disabilities Act, but fortunately, we've never needed to mention the legal compliance aspect to our daycare. When she turns three, we'll be exploring enrolling her in public school and seeing what services they are prepared to offer her. Our child would literally rather die than eat. This concept is so foreign to most people and even some of the speech therapists we've met that they just don't know what to say or do. And we end up feeling like most people are silently judging our parenting failures. Surely this wouldn't have happened if we knew how to raise a child or were presenting her with more appealing foods or, or, or. In a lot of ways, the process feels a lot like fertility struggles. This really defines the limits on our lives in ways that are almost impossible for people who haven't been through it to understand. We end up feeling really isolated and have been particularly disappointed by the lack of empathy from many of our family members. Sorry for such a depressing outlook. I wish I could tell you that feeding therapy is an easy fix. If anyone wants to talk more about feeding therapy, feeding tubes, or to generally commiserate, you can find me in the Pregnancy and Children's spinoff Facebook group. Oof, Laura, that sounds really hard. Um, yeah, extremely. I mean, you got to worry, not only do you worry like about just the general uh, non-meal times of the toddler, and, like they're they're doing what, you know, you can't take your eyes off them. And like when you sit down to eat with them, you can't take your eyes off them. Mm-hmm. And then some, you even have to hyper-focus. Mm-hmm. Oy. Yeah. It's a lot. This sounds like a lot. This really sounds like a lot. Oy. baby steps incremental improvements all around I guess is what we're all looking for yeah <sighs> all right well we're going to move on to a different topic okay from Connor who writes how are you guys doing we have a 19 month old that is starting to throw tantrums welcome any advice? If we take a toy, tell him not to walk somewhere he shouldn't be going, he will stomp and scream for a few seconds. Should we just ignore him when he does it? Matt, do you have a new job? I think you would do great streaming on Twitch or YouTube. <laughs> what video games are you playing nowadays? I'm going to start a new game on Fallout 4. Dorian, Matt, Whoa. how is your trip to the East Coast? Are you considering moving back this way? Love, Connor from New Jersey, 12 hot dogs so far, but I just bought a pack of 200 from BJ's. Well, I just was at PJ's at the KM Natural Casings, and I think I, I don't know that I saw 200 uh, of them, but boy, oh boy, I thought about it. That's so many. It's a lot of hot dogs. Um, yeah. Let's see. Well, oh, uh, currently playing MLB, the show 2021, the show 21, I guess it's called. Um, I can't believe you're playing Fallout 4 again. That seems like you're playing Fallout, like I play Red Dead Redemption. 
which is repeatedly over and over again. <coughs> I would, I would, I think I would, I don't know if I would be any good at Twitch streaming or YouTubing, but I would try, like, for some reason in the back of my head, I'm like, I could do that. So, yeah. Maybe if we move to the East Coast, then I'd make you, tw- I'd be like, Dory's like, well, what's your plan for uh, work out there? And I'll go, Twitch. Hey, it's a plan. <laughs> um, re-tantrums. I always try to keep the the maxim, both things can be true in my head regarding tantrums. Like, the kid is allowed to be upset about the limit that you're setting, and you're also allowed to set the limit. Uh-huh. So I think, no, you should not ignore him. You should acknowledge his feelings. You should acknowledge that he's upset about, you know, what whatever limit you're setting. But say, we still have to leave the park, or, you know, we still have, to, I still can't let you walk on that wall i have to keep you safe yeah it's a lot of conversing with him uh, regarding his tantrums like you know in the airport when he was like upset that we were waiting in line at baggage claim i had to like not that it helped anybody knelt down and i talked to him about baggage claim and why we were waiting which calmed him for like 14 seconds but you know it's also like i try to empathize like i i'm often like but I don't like waiting either. Waiting is really hard for me too. And I get it. I'm like, I don't like, I don't like doing it either. You know what they say, commissary is company. (laughs) Um, But Connor, I would recommend checking out Janet Lansbury's website, janetlansbury.com and just do a search for tantrums. She has a lot of great suggestions. And also Dr. Becky, who I wrote a profile of for Time Magazine, but she um, she has some she has stuff on her website, but she also she's very active on Instagram, and I believe she has a story highlight about this, or she definitely has some stuff about boundaries. She's like very boundaries are a big thing for her, um, and you might find her materials helpful. So I would um, check her out. For sure. But yeah, Janet Lansbury, Dr. Becky. Godspeed. <laughs> tantrum, tantrum, tantrum. Yeah. Um, all right. Biku, biku. Matt, this is a question that I feel like you're going to have very strong opinions about. Okay. It's from Mary. Myra? No. Okay. We're planning our first trip to Disney World with our four-year-old and two-year-old. My mom is pretty adamant that we stay at a Disney resort. She wants to stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge. We'll need at least one bedroom, preferably two-bedroom suite, so the little one can nap slash rest and not get disturbed, assuming he's still napping at all when we go. As I look around, I realize that we could save a ton of money by just renting a VRBO condo or house. What would we be missing by not staying on site? Do you have any thoughts on this? Thanks, Mary in Framingham. Well, a couple things. There's benefits to that for sure. Uh, to staying on site, your benefits are you don't have to drive anywhere. Uh, you can use all the Disney transportation, the bus, the gondolas, the uh, the monorail, etc., to get around everything. But 
And also there's, you know, extra magic hours. I think you're coming back where you get uh, early access to the park or late access to the park for an hour, depending on the the day and what Disney schedule is. So that, that part's also something to think about, too. Um, and, you know, it is kind of nice to, like, when you leave the park, you're not really done with that Disney feel. You know, you go back to your hotel and you go to sleep. So for, by that token, maybe it's too much. I will say... The nice thing about probably VRBOing in Orlando, you look at it both ways, right? So if you're taking a car there anyway, you're going to have to pay for parking, even if you're staying at the hotel. <laughs> so paying for parking at the park and being able to not wait in the giant bus line at the end of the night, that seems like a huge advantage to me. Like That seems like, oh, you're going to love the fact that you're not standing around for 45 minutes to an hour. Animal Kingdom Lodge is super far away from everything but Animal Kingdom. Yeah, we stayed there once. You can't... I don't even think... You, you can't walk to Animal Kingdom from there either. That is also true. So it's like... It's really isolated. It's beautiful and like... You know, it's a, but it's far. It's far from everything. So I would I would caution that. Like if you're staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge... If it's, like, it's like stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge or stay at VRBO and save a bunch of money. I feel like you're going to be at the parks at the same amount of time because of how far away Animal Kingdom Lodge is from everything. So that's what I would say regarding that. There are many benefits to both, but if you value your time in any way, perhaps then that the benefits of being able to leave when you want and not wait for a bus will outweigh everything else. There you go. Interesting. I that was not where I thought you were gonna go with that. Well, with a two year old and a and a some odd year old, four year old. But we have a two year old. Yeah. We're staying on property. Yeah, but we aren't being forced to stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge by anybody. I think she was just saying her mom suggested Animal or she wants to stay in Animal Kingdom Lodge. Right. Maybe she could be talked into a different hotel. Yeah. You seem skeptical. Well, I am, but I'm, you know, it's like also like it's so, you know, if you want to have their own extra, their own room, that's going to be a suite. And then if you're getting a suite at Disney, they're so expensive. Yeah, true. It all adds up. It like does. Crazy. It does. It all adds up. Um, but like you know, stay. We're staying at a value resort, the uh, animation place. Art of animation. There you go. Because yep. they have family suites that are still exorbitant, but not like I think you can stay in a regular queen size bedroom at the Contemporary for the same. I was price. just gonna say, I think a regular room at the Contemporary is more. Yeah. There you go. Um. All right. This is from Alessandra. Hey, Matt and Dory, my boyfriend and I are obsessed with Toast of London and thought you would appreciate our decor. Thanks for all that you do. And Dory loved your book so much. Hope you had a nice rainy time in the Berkshires. Here you go. <laughs> Wait, is that is that her boyfriend and her with 8x10s? That's amazing. With a toast 8x10. I love it. I think it's great. I think you should... Uh... I think that's fantastic. Um, that is from Alessandra in 400 square feet in Beacon Hill. If you're fighting with your boyfriend, I would take him off the wall. Threaten to take him off the wall. <laughs> um, Beacon Hill in Boston, two adults, four hot dogs this year, including a Fenway Frank and a Dodger dog. Did she spell it hot dog? She did. Nice. Um, all right. Last email. What were we watching? We were watching something. And so I was like, someone's saying hot dog. 
Remember? Yeah, I do remember that, but I don't remember what it was. Sorry. Um, Okay, last text. Hey, Mountain Dory, I wanted to send you a gem from- I remember now. What? It was Miss Rachel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She was saying hot dog. Um, I wanted to send you a gem from an old Patreon episode. A listener way back in January 2018, bonus episode one, named Lauren, was looking for advice on how to move on after the flu derailed her trip to Disney to run a marathon. Here's the quote. I'm extremely depressed because a damn virus ruined all my plans. Doesn't that just say everything two years ahead of its time? I had to laugh out loud. It was extra entertaining when I listened to it recently since I was at that exact moment walking instead of running a marathon on doctor's orders due to subchorionic hematoma in my uterus. And the six and a half hour walking time inspired me to finally become a supporter (laughs) so I could bring the back catalog along for the walk. Thank you for getting me through the longest 26.2 ever. Wow. So, well, I'm really glad. I feel like six and some change is still pretty good. Yeah, that's a fast-paced walk. Yeah, it's brisk. Um, thank you for bringing us along with you on that marathon. And if you want us to accompany you on a marathon, you can support us on Patreon and get up to two bonus episodes per month. Plus, as this listener points out, the entire back catalog. She's building in segues again. She, I think she's back on board with this podcast, everybody. I'm back, baby. <laughs> and that is at patreon.com slash adventure. Uh, we do appreciate our Patreon supporters so very much. And if you support us at the $5 level or More above, than we appreciate you who don't support the Patreon. Thank you. You also get your name read on the podcast each month. Oh, you do? You do. That's news to me. What? Yep, I didn't know that. You, you do that every... What a great feature. Yep. Uh-oh, there's another one. This is new. I should go to the new one, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you to the following Patreon supporters. Catherine Linnae. Uh, Catherine Shimmons. Katie Regan. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Kim Mestre. Christopher Fonagy. Kinsey Hamilton. Laura. This is a very deep voice you're all getting. Laura Dodge. LFB. Liesel. Lindsay Gish. Linnea Wynn. Li- Lisa Travis. Liz. Marina Breed. Martin Hedegard Peterson. Mary Jo George. Maude Tremblay. Mackenzie Erickson. Magana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Michael Roth. Michelle Kitzmiller. Mike Zydek. Mike, Kim, and Leo. Molly Schranz. Mariah Adamic. Nancy Powell. Nikki Bosser. Your voice is so low. <laughs> Patricia Faust Resig. Paul Sharp. Paula. Penny from Massachusetts. R. Ham. Robert Olson. Robin Kilgo. Sabrina Stern. Sadie Massa. Sarah Dauberman. Sarah Prager. Sarah Friedman. Sarah Swift. Sherry Olson. SJV. Steve Harcourt. Uh, Tanya Lemos. It's Spanish. It's pronounced Tonya Lemos. <laughs> Tanya Krushemen. The Holderman House. The Kembles. Tracy Jury. Whitney Hoffman. Zara Rethy. Amanda Powell. Anonymous. Three times. Ainsley. Brianne Hudson. Cheryl Quick. Christina. Claire Dealey. Crescent Martin. Crypto Matt. Danielle Nuchiforo. Deanna McLean. Eleanor Powell. Elizabeth K. And Ellen F. Thank you all so much. Thank you all for listening to a congested me. Bye, everyone. Bye.